0: Welcome to Packaging Possibilities, a podcast from Packaging Digest that reveals what's new and next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. I'm Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest. Today, I'm talking with Dan Felton. Dan's the Executive Director of AmeriPen, which leads the packaging industry through advocacy. And at the start of a new year, it's no surprise that our topic is going to center on predictions. What's likely to happen in 2021, specifically as it relates to packaging policy. Dan, um, in earlier conversations with me, you've identified two policies that you feel are most likely to happen in 2021. One is industry financing proposals, Including extended producer responsibility at the state level here in the United States, and the second, recycled content mandates. So let's talk about these and identify how the packaging industry can mobilize in response.
1: Wonderful, Lisa, and thank you so much for having me today. I'm looking Our forward pleasure. to the guy. So um, if you want me just to dive right in, I can uh, share some information specific to the industry financing and sort of our view on what we're going to be seeing in the coming months, particularly at the state level, although we can certainly talk about the federal level as well, because we anticipate some activity there. Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But happy to give you an overview sort of 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 where we see things heading at the state level, first and foremost, if you want me to do that.
0: Yes, please. What, all right what do, you, so, what do you um call industry financing proposals what does that mean well i mean in reality
1: we really are talking about uh producer responsibility if you want to call it extended producer responsibility or uh, really what it is that if industry is going to uh step up if you will and agree that now is the time and the place for industry to potentially offer funding particularly into the states and municipalities to help with packaging, recycling and recovery is is what those legislative proposals may look like. Um, there may be other industry uh, funding components. Um, Ameripen is a little less focused on those than what you may think of as extended producer responsibility. We like to define it a little bit differently and potentially look for some different funding streams, if you will. But essentially, okay. at the at the end of the day, sort of accomplishing the same thing we're talking about.
0: Okay, when you say industry, are you talking about the at the brand owner level, at the packaging manufacturer level, like who would be the one ultimately responsible?
1: Yeah, ultimately, more likely than not, Lisa, it would be the brand owner. That is uh, the, I don't know if I want to use the word logical necessarily, but the most direct. Uh, point at which uh, funding would be provided. Um, as we look at extended producer responsibility proposals and even existing laws in the US around things other than packaging, there's sort of a hierarchy that typically starts with the brand owners, but depending on the product and how it moves through commerce, it might trickle down to uh, a different entity. And within the packaging industry, it could potentially trickle down to the packaging manufacturer, the supplier, if you will. Um, And we're also looking at some possible uh, additional funding mechanisms. They might be voluntarily based for other stakeholders within the packaging stream. So even material suppliers into the packaging manufacturers. But that's not a primary focus of ours.
0: Okay. And who specifically would they be funding? (laughs) Are they the recycling companies, the municipalities? Where is this money going to be going and what are they going to be using it for?
1: Great, all great questions. Um, And we definitely have some thoughts on that. Um, It would not necessarily be exclusively to uh, transfer or or to take over the existing funding, if you will, that municipalities have responsibility for. So if you think of of a municipality has a budget, right? um, Mm -hmm. To potentially offer recycling services to their residents. Um, commercial operations, and we do see some place for that, for industry to help provide funding for that, certainly recognizing the challenges that municipal recycling systems are currently facing with their budgets. Um, So that's part of it, but we also see funding that could go towards other things, for example, innovation and research and development to help expand recycling Services, so maybe not only paying to some extent for what's happening in the recycling uh, industry today, but looking forward to what could be funded in the future. Um, mm. Okay, help increase packaging recovery. Um, it, that might be focused on, you know, new innovations, for instance, around robotics and AI, mm-hmm. and if we help with some of that, with recycling operations, or it might be research and development on new packaging designs and formats to make sure that they um, can be recycled. Um, Those are a couple examples of where we see funding going. Certainly, community uh, consumer education is a component that we agree that industry could help fund that. Um, most definitely, as part of an extended producer responsibility platform. That's not all okay. we have in mind, but
0: those are some examples. Okay, those are uh, great examples, and it's um, it's good to see that there's flexibility there and how the money is spent, just as so long as the there's you know ROI on the uh, on the money, and that the people involved, the people who are paying, um, kind of agree that that's how the money should be spent. I would imagine that's all part of the discussions though.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a it's a complicated discussion but most definitely is industry definitely understands that we need to uh, know the needs of the communities, know the needs of the of the recycling systems. but we also want to make sure we have a voice for the needs of the packaging industry that mm-hmm. that future future forward thinking on packaging can be enabled and not uh, restricted or banned. So it really is a collaborative discussion um, with all those stakeholders. but we do envision that industry, Um, in the organization, we call it a stewardship responsibility organization. Some might call Mm -hmm. it a producer responsibility organization, has the primary uh, voice in working with all those stakeholders to determine how the funding should be brought in and how it should be put out.
0: Okay. Excellent. Um, One of the things that you know, struck me as you were talking, um, you, you mentioned that at the community level, and I know we've already identified some of the producer responsibility, uh, policies that we're going to hopefully seeing or possibly be seeing at the state level. Um, how does that work where most of the brand owners are selling nationally or, or even internationally? How does that all work?
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a fantastic question and we're still honestly exploring some of that Lisa but it's a it's a, a, an accounting if you will that could be looked at a, a, at a couple of different ways but um, let's say we have five states ultimately in the next couple of years that maybe have a producer responsibility law in place for packaging then it needs to be determined what level or what amount of packaging or product is being sold into that given state um, and then using that as a formula then you can take from that, then having a basically a business plan in place that determines what the what the fees are set at, what the fees are on, whether it be a specific item or it be on the packaging and the weight of the packaging itself. And then you have a needs assessment conducted within the state to understand uh, what the needs are at the state and local level and then uh, disperse the funds through a formula that way
0: okay you know the um the green dot uh, p- um proposal or uh, system that is in germany has i think been quite successful and whenever anybody talks about producer responsibility, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, is are any of the proposals that we're talking about here in the United States looking at how the Green Dot system works and maybe, um, you know, pulling some of the 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 best aspects of that to see if it'll work here?
1: Yeah, not directly, at least to the best of my knowledge, Lisa, that, that the conversations and the development of the policy, the, um, that may be enacted isn't at that level yet. But I will okay. also say that we, we do hear a lot of reference to programs in in Europe and, of course, Extended Producer Responsibility for Packaging in Canada. Canada. And mm-hmm. I, I have to say that one size doesn't fit all. And right. in the U.S., it's 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 very different because, really, the federal government, uh, through the resources um through Raqqa, um, enacted many years ago, basically gave control over to the states and, and then the states over to the municipalities and localities to implement their recycling. So and then it's different in every state. So yeah. while some states may have uh, a real broad-based uh, recycling system with with private industry and MREPs, there may be others that it's all subscription-based. Um, Vermont's a good example, you know, where there's a lot of subscription-based recycling where consumer it's basically they're paying like a utility, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's complicated in the U.S. when we're looking at proposals that have existed in other places and say. It just is a different system here in the U.S. Yes. And ideally, we'd love to have one national, um, you know, stewardship responsibility organization. Maybe we get there someday. But in the meantime, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can try to have something similar from state to state. But we're really finding it's not going to be it's going to be much easier said than done
0: yeah I hear you. Now you you mentioned Vermont which you know has always been kind of a, a leader in environmental policies. what but you uh, you also mentioned that you thought there were maybe up to five states that we might see this in uh, 2021. Wh- which states and why those?
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll say it's even more than that as of today, and I I will say that some of these states have been having a a long-term study and discussion about this issue, and I'll I'll sort of give you the rundown of the states. We think there's going to be very very active discussion, at least this year, whether or not we see bills enacted. But um, Vermont's a good example. Their neighbor right next door, Maine, is mm-hmm. is very active, had legislation in play last year. There will be legislation uh, being considered again this year. Um, other states which we think will be active at some level this year are New York.
0: No kidding. Um, okay. Yep.
1: Um, we're not sure to what extent at this point. Um, Connecticut, we don't Connecticut is discussing this issue as part of a long-term sort of uh, study of their state's uh, waste system and recycling. We we know they're looking at extended producer responsibility. It's, I'm, we're guessing that it probably won't come into legislative uh, consideration this year, but maybe next year. Uh, Maryland has a bill uh, actually pre-filed now, so we know there will be a discussion happening in Maryland this year. Okay. Um, We don't anticipate Massachusetts, at least at this point, um, we don't have legislation in play right now, but Massachusetts has been discussing it to some extent. And if you want to head over, Lisa, to the West Coast, we've got Washington State has a bill bill, uh, drafted already that we'll see what happens with that. Oregon, again, um, I mentioned some of those states that have been having real long-term discussions about this and participating mm-hmm. in that has been industry. Oregon um, has a, a legislative draft coming from the uh, state agency there that we know will be considered. Um, And then California, which is its own uh, sort of animal, if you will, and they have, if you're familiar at all with the legislation from last year, SB 54, AB 1080, um, Mm -hmm. we know that legislation will be coming back, and we anticipate that it will have some element of extended producer responsibility within the bill, but it's a little different focus than these other states I've mentioned.
0: Okay. Okay. And I know that we're looking at this from the state level because of the way um, the U.S. is organized or managed um, politically. But you did reference a little bit the federal government and maybe some changes that we're going to see with the new administration. How is that going to factor in?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, Lisa. And I think there will be continued discussion at the federal level. That has been the case really over the last nearly two years where there's been an increase in legislation looking at recycling, looking at uh, plastics, if you will, looking at different funding mechanisms potentially. Um, The best uh, known of that, I would say, over the last congressional session was the Break Free from Plastics Act, Okay. Um, that will be coming back. We It may have uh, a different makeup of the lead sponsors for that, but included within that very broad overarching uh, uh, proposal, legislative proposal, is some extended producer responsibility components. Um, now that we've had a change in the, the control um, at the federal level, we anticipate um, that discussion will get some more attention Um in the coming congressional session, to what extent? I would extent, say that's
0: that's yeah. a pretty good that's a yeah. good prediction. <laughs> I,
1: but to what extent? I don't we don't know. And I think, um, you know, things move longer, slower in Congress and in the interim. While those discussions potentially ramp up, we know there's going to be activity at the state level. So while we'll be focused as well as what's happening to the federal level, um. I think we have to expect that things will move at the state level well before anything happens in Congress.
0: Okay. I would agree with that. Um, You know, you did mention, um, since I asked, you know, who would be ultimately responsible and you talked about the brand owners, but um, I do believe that the packaging manufacturers are equally invested in a lot of the environmental conversation that's happening and I know that in early December, the Flexible Packaging Association did um, reach an agreement on some what they, what they, how they phrase it is legislative elements of an EPR bill for packaging and paper products with the Product Stewardship Institute. Um, are you able to talk about that just a little bit, and you know what the implication of that might be?
1: Sure. H- happy to do that. And I will say I'm happy to say that the Flexible Packaging Association is an associate member of AmeriPen. And uh, I don't have it up in front of me, all the exact. Uh, I think they agreed upon maybe eight legislative elements. As that is the, correct. Eight. As the mm-hmm. Product Stewardship Institute's very invested and embedded in this dialogue. And I think we're very much in, in alignment as well. Ameripen is with many of those same elements that FBA has reached agreement on. Um, there's some other groups as well having dialogue, not necessarily uh, directly with the Product Stewardship Institute, but the other organizations, other trade associations. And that's what many of us are trying to do is sort of find that alignment on what can we all agree on together. You know, we may have differences of opinion about some other elements. We may, um, you know, have different things we want to pursue. But um, what FPA has done and went through a really good process from my understanding with the Product Stewardship Institute Ameripen has done something very similar over the last 13 months. We just did it with a different group of stakeholders. But at the end of the day, many of those same uh, elements that they've agreed upon, we have very similar principles and objectives that we released, uh, I think, in May of last year that are very much in alignment with with the same elements.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, that's There's a lot going on there in a lot of different areas. But, you know, if I could maybe focus in on one particular area that I think our audience would be interested in um, hearing a little bit more about, and that's how how this is going to impact packaging design um, specifically. When you you talk about some um, extended producer responsibility policies at the state level, I think a lot of the brand owners in in, uh, packaging departments at the brand owner companies um, start to see the number of stock keeping units that they have to keep track of from a packaging design point of view, as well as, you know, distribution um, could get to be a little bit nightmarish. And um, I'm just wondering if we could maybe look at you know, all of this is still in the future, but how is this going to impact the brand owner as it, as, as it refers to um, packaging design? And maybe at this point is when we could maybe bring in your second point, and that's about recycled content mandates, maybe, if they're connected. Maybe they're not.
1: Oh, well, I, they definitely are connected. And I, I think I'd say first, Lisa, is that um, we – To back up just a little bit, there's been a a notion, I'm not going to say a preconceived notion, but we we hear a lot of dialogue around extended producer responsibility driving uh, changes in packaging design to be more sustainable packaging. We don't necessarily see that existing extended producer responsibilities have driven as much change, for instance, to reduce the amount of material being used as EPR proponents might argue that okay. being said, we don't necessarily want to uh, stifle that conversation between the brand owners and the packaging manufacturers. And really, to take it one step further is to make sure that there's that dialogue going back and forth between those who are involved in the recovery and the reprocessing of the materials, that that is, we do see a place for producer responsibility to help um encourage those conversations, innovate and do the research and development on those conversations without necessarily stifling um, the, the use of materials, banning materials because they can't meet requirements. Um, we could get into a discussion about uh, the, the term echo modulation and how fees can be adjusted to encourage people to do different things with their packaging. But really at the end of the day, we want to make sure that brand owners can be meeting the goals, brand owners and packaging manufacturers can be meeting the goals They've laid out right in terms of yes. recyclability, recycled content. But in doing that, we don't, we really don't want to see uh, bans, if you will, and that's what some state proposals might lead to if people aren't given enough time to meet new requirements. And that's really where then we sort of shift over to this dialogue about recycled content, right? Okay. And as, as a real good example of of we know that states are are looking at recycled content mandates. We know that manufacturers and brand owners are trying to meet recycled content uh, goals, stated goals, if you will, um, and how to sort of marry those two up while then at the same time not restricting commerce and not restricting the ability to people to have packaging available and for the brand owners to put their products out on the market. Or restricting
0: restricting innovation too. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. so um, let me play devil's advocate here just a little bit. Sure. There's been so much innovation, activity, advancements in sustainability in packaging for a couple of decades now. And um, it continues to be, in my opinion, um, the most active area in packaging today. Uh, I know in 2020 we had a little bit of a shift in focus during the height of COVID-19, um, but I want to say that from my from what I've seen is the um, the focus returned very quickly back to sustainability and packaging and continues to stay there. So with all this act, this voluntary activity, why do we need mandates? Um, why do we need laws?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I think we're always going to have uh, stakeholders who are going to be saying that industry could be doing more industry isn't doing enough and uh, I mean it would be lovely and I agree with you that why do we need those mandates and it's just the reality of it Lisa if if you get to a certain level and then there's going to be a push to get to the next level and we've quite candidly had that discussion with some state legislators and administrators that we say gosh you know some of the goals you're proposing in these, Uh, legislative uh, outlines are way too aggressive. And it's not to say industry can't get there or doesn't want to get there, but we need time to get there. And Mm -hmm. some will come back and say, well, you know, we understand that if we set goals that you know you can meet, you'll meet them, but we want to push you further. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And, And I understand that, but it's trying to find that balance and that compromise and that dialogue. And Um, We're still trying to figure out at AmeriPen, um, we know there's a growing conversation about recycled content, about mandates, and is extended producer responsibility proposals the right place for that? Because some of them are definitely including that. Others are doing it separately. Um, I I, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, AmeriPen would prefer them to be separate because it's a complicated issue. (laughs) Um, It is.
0: It is a complicated, complicated. yes, um, very much so, as as we've seen just in this, you know, short conversation. Um, But I guess the way I look at it is the recycled content mandates might be required to hit some of the other environmental, very specifically, recycling goals, that if you don't have the 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 business case for the material once it's collected and recycled then the whole system kind of breaks down a little bit um so i kind of understand how they would be a little bit connected there but um yeah i think i would want to hear a little bit more about the pros and cons of doing it both ways and seeing what makes better sense
1: yeah, and we're actually, you know it's it's a supply and demand issue as well. Mm-hmm. And we're actually
0: have a study
1: that we may have out at the sooner this at the end of this month, but uh, has taken a look at the 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 goals that brand owners and packaging manufacturers have set um, on recycled content and then taking that and looking at what's the the supply out there and where the imbalance is, and then where could policy potentially drive, you know, the the increased, uh, you know, content that is needed. I'm not going to say that it's necessarily mandates or that it might be extended producer responsibility. That's sort of the next step we'll be taking after our studies out. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a disconnect there. And, and if the End market development is part of the equation there, you know, to increase the market to be able to have the possibility for more recycled content to be brought back in, recovered, and then used. Um, That's definitely part of where we we do see value in producer responsibility to help build end markets. And if funding can help with that and meet everyone's goals, help them
0: meet their goals at the same time, then that's like a win-win, you know. I would agree um, very much so. Well, um, Dan, let's wrap up with just one last thing, if you don't mind, unless you had anything more to say about um, recycled content mandates. I think um, we you know, talked a lot more about the financing, the producer responsibility proposals. Um, anything more on the recycled content mandates that is critical to share?
1: No, I think just stay tuned, and we're going to see what happens over the next several months, whether it be within the context of producer responsibility or those states that are looking at standalone legislation and policy on this. It's going to be a, 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 a increased discussion this year. Let's put it that way.
0: Okay. Uh, look forward to hearing the results of those discussions. So, Dan, let's follow up, or uh, finalize with one last point, and that would be: what advice would you have? for the brand owners involved in um, in, at the packaging departments? Yeah, I would
1: say, and if you mean within the context of producer responsibility, that's the way I'm going to take it. Yeah. Yes. I would say um, keep the dialogue going uh, because we we really appreciate the opportunity to hear from the impact of producer responsibility on brand owners, which at the end of the day will be those most likely who are footing the bill. I'm just going to say it that way. And if if you're putting money into the business, then it's really helpful for us at the Trade Association to understand the implications to your business as we stand up and develop a new business, and I'll put air quotes around that. But that's really what this is. Producer responsibility is a business. And and the brand owners will be a key stakeholder in that. So we just uh, continue to be at the table. And trust me, they are. And, and we greatly appreciate that. But um, to continue to offer your insights as experts, not only on how to run businesses, But how to influence the needs you have as brand owners for your packaging, you know, and and not only today's packaging, but what may be developed in the future that we don't want to have dismissed because we didn't at least contemplate thinking about that future packaging today.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Dan, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your insights on this, uh, what I would call a critical issue in packaging today. Appreciate you uh, talking with us. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate your time and Happy New Year.
0: Thank you. You too. Happy New Year. Take care.